this is the introduction. Oh, the air purifier's kicking on. Why is that? Okay, I'm gonna go to a room with. Ah! Wow. Just dropped the iPad Pro. Um, all's well, all's well. I have the iPad Pro, which is a phenomenal machine for anybody who's interested in drawing on a tablet. Um, but I do have their kind of first generation magnetic keyboard thing. Not so hot because I have now tried out the second generation one that Jeremy has and it's amazing. I saw Jeremy today. Here, I'm going to sing the song. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Okay. <clears throat> so, Jeremy stopped by studio today. I asked him if he'd like to talk into the microphone and be on the podcast. He said no. He was relishing the fact that he doesn't have to do this podcast anymore. Um, he's been feeling a sense of a relief. Um, it is now 9.45 on Thursday evening. This podcast is going to leave my lips and go straight into the computer. Um, I saw some dance, which you'll hear about later in the episode, but I got to see Ellen Cornfield dance this weekend, along with some little interstitial dance from... David Parker's The Bang Group. And it was 500 million degrees. The kind of hot where you step outside and you feel instantly like you're in um, a still oven that's occasionally a convention, convection oven. So it's just like hot air blowing at you so that you feel in danger right away. You feel sort of sick. And um, I once had this experience of being in Dubai during a long layover on my way to Japan. And almost all the time you're in Dubai, you can avoid being outside. In fact, you can avoid being outside completely in Dubai because from the airport, you get on this monorail that takes you into downtown and from when do you get off the monorail? You're in some kind of shopping mall, what have you. And all of the shopping malls of Dubai seem to be connected by some kind of walkway system. And um, you can literally go skiing in a mall. You can buy your groceries in a mall. You can go to the movies. You can buy baby Dior clothing in a mall in Dubai. You can have Petrosian caviar and then um, go on a roller coaster at a mall in Dubai. But I was with my friend Travis and we did in fact step outside for lunch. We wanted to eat with the people, as they say, and we found our way to a more authentic kind of restaurant in the streets. And I've never felt heat like that. Um, I was scared and my breath was taken away. It takes my breath away. That's a good song. Um, but at any rate, hot, hot, hot. The heat finally broke today, and it was an exquisite, beautiful day. And my friend Cassie Griffin, um, at around, it was right as I was 
kind of thinking I was going to do a little bit more work at studio today. It must have been close to five. And Cassie was like, I have an extra ticket to Trisha Brown at Wave Hill. Um, I could pick you up in half an hour and we would go and hopefully make it on time through rush hour traffic. And I said, you know what? For Trisha Brown Dance Company, I'll do that. I would rush home to make it to the Bronx for the Trisha Brown Dance Company. And that I did. And as you'll hear, it's a very positive experience. What a, what a pleasure. What a pleasure to see such exquisite choreography on such excellent dancers and in such a beautiful place and on such a beautiful night. Sometimes all the pieces come together. I was wonderful. I I can't. I certainly haven't had a a dance experience that positive in a very long time. At any rate, um, you'll hear more about that show in the forthcoming conversation that I have with my friend Cassie. You don't know Cassie, most of you. Cassie's a visual artist um, who has a sculpture practice and also a um, a business making porcelain water cooler filters called Walters. And um, get yourself a Walter. Cassie gave me a Walter several months ago that is now housed at the Reed and Harriet studio and has changed my hydration life. I do actually drink glasses of water during the day now because it's such a pleasure to turn the little weaver on the spigot of my Walter and um, help myself to a refreshing glass of clean room temperature water. It's nothing like it. Get yourself a Walter. This isn't an ad. I'm not being paid by Cassie, uh, but she did buy my ticket to the show tonight. So this is a paid advertisement for Walter. Um, they're so chic. Get yourself a Walter. Walter, Walter, Walter. Um, Cassie is, in fact, in my telephone as Cassie Walter. I My mom's last name is Walters. I um, Cassie is one of my... Well, she's possibly the most adventurous person I know. And I feel like... I have a couple people in my life who, when they tell me about the kind of physical activity they do, I'm in utter shock. Um, Cassie's somebody who's like, oh, well, I, I went to dressage class today. Or, oh, I had a sailing lesson in Connecticut this afternoon. Or um, I tried out, uh, I'm going to make something up, like um, trapeze this morning. It's that kind of thing where... There's no sort of limit to the eccentricity of the physical practice, very esoteric activities. Like she's an avid rollerblader and often she'll be like, I really want to have you ride bike next to me as I rollerblade. Well, that sounds really unappealing to me because it sounds complicated, but inevitably I realized that with Cassie, it would be fun and probably not as complicated as I'm imagining. But in, in my imagination, all kinds of outdoor recreation is complicated. But I know it's not. It's just I think I'm I'm giving myself excuses so that I have reasons to not do things. I really just want to go to a dance class, I think. 
watching the Trisha Brown dance company tonight, I thought, I always have that moment when I see dance that I really love of being like, do I want to do that? Should I do that? Do I want to be the oldest person to ever audition for the Trisha Brown (laughs) dance company? I don't want to be one of those people who just kind of solicits the Trisha Brown dance company to be like, I'd like to learn one of your works for Reed and Harriet program or something like that. I'd, I'd want to really put the work in, you know, and learn the style. And at this point, I think it's, I think that window of opportunity is closed. I am 40. I'm 40. I'm 40 years old. You know, Trisha Brown didn't really start making her dances and performing in them until she was maybe around my age, possibly a little younger, but she's a late bloomer, Trisha Brown. Really one of our great, great American dance icons. I mean, there's nothing better. I love beautiful things. I love beautiful things. Anyways, I'm not apologizing for it. I've been looking over all the reviews that um, exist on the internet of uh, work that I've done, um, most predominantly costume work. And... um, feeling curious about, you know, what, what is, what is, what are the rules about writing about dance costumes in a dance review, right? Because obviously in a dance review, the thrust of the text needs to be about dance. But sometimes the costumes feel just so underrepresented and other times not sometimes sort of thoughtfully considered but um you know the amount of space given to the dance costumes in these reviews is is laughable and it makes me laugh and i don't know if it should be different yeah i don't know it's an interesting question i ran into shaban at um shaban burke at the trish brown show and i just asked her the question i said you know what is uh, the policy at the New York Times for how costumes are handled in a dance review. And she said, well, there's no policy, but, you know, you try to leave as much space as possible for to talk about the dance. She also told me this hilarious thing, which is that she teaches a course on dance writing and her students often spend a lot of time discussing the costumes in um, their student writing on dance, which I thought was hilarious. Because, you know, it makes sense. As someone who doesn't have a lot of skill writing about dance, it seems maybe easier to write about costumes, which are a kind of finite object. They exist in a way and can be contextualized in a way that's very familiar. We all wear clothes. There's just clothes all over the place. Whereas dance is this kind of more abstract, mysterious thing. So it's harder to to construct language around it, um, which you'll hear me struggling with a bit when I'm trying to describe what is Trisha Brown dance to Cassie when she asks me that question in our conversation in her Mercedes Benz. Um, how long have I been talking? 11 minutes and 40, 50 seconds. So basically I'm on fire. Um, 
I'm going to get Criterion because every day Jeremy and Jack tell me something I need to watch on it. And, and the things they tell me to watch sound really worthwhile. But I've been very preoccupied with school and I do find myself getting in bed around midnight and feeling ready, you know, putting on a YouTube video about a Korean cake factory, ASMR or what have you, and then literally dozing off before the end of it, shutting my iPad, putting it aside, turning out the lights, and then being wide awake, suddenly preoccupied with all the work I have to do with school, and then eventually just turning on the light and uh, writing in my thesis journal or compiling lists or writing to-do lists on my green post-its. I'm obsessed with Sharpies right now, by the way. Maybe I'll start doing renderings in Sharpie. Also, I have a question for anybody out there who is a gallerist or works in a museum or is in charge of protecting bodies of illustrations, design illustrations particularly. What does it mean if I've moved my illustrating into the digital realm? Are those drawings now kind of worthless now that they can just be printed out on the printer and they don't exist as an original artwork on paper. You let me know. Write me a letter. Yeah, send more letters. I'd like to answer more questions on this podcast. Um, I miss the questions. Someone asked a good question this week. What was it? Oh, they asked. Oh, this is so interesting. They said, when you talk, this is somebody who has, um, I guess, less experience with dance. They said, what is the difference between a dance and a piece when you're discussing uh, dances and pieces on the podcast? And I, I suppose there is no distinction generally because I use those two words interchangeably. And you'll find in the world of ballet, they just call every piece or dance a ballet. Everything's a ballet. Um, but I started calling them dances several years ago. So even I now refer to ballets as, as dances. Um, but maybe I'm more, I'm more apt. I'm, what am I trying to say? I'll probably call it a piece if it sort of transcends conventional dance. Like if there's a theater element or it's an installation or something like that, then maybe it's a piece. I don't know. Piece, dance, it's all the same. Call it a piece, call it a dance, call it a ballet, call it a moment, call it a happening. I'm leaving for Philadelphia in just about two weeks. Um, and I'm going to be there for quite a while. And when I come back... I will have my master's degree. Hopefully. So I have to get all this work done. I'm a little scared. Well, I think maybe that's why I'm also not sleeping very well. It's a combination of these bizarrely hot days, sleeping in my apartment with the air conditioner and the fan on, which is a recipe for disaster. And then, you know, anxiety about school 
um, what's going to happen when I'm done? Am I going to, am I going to get sick? Am I going to get a cold sore? Probably. That always happens when I'm worn down. Has anyone watched anything interesting? Have I watched anything interesting? I'm about to watch my treat myself after I edit and post this podcast is that I'm going to watch the Pacific Northwest Ballet digital program that dropped today with Christopher Wilden's Curious Kingdom, which is a premiere that we costumed a new work by Edward Liang, which I don't know anything about. And Alejandro Cerruto's I don't know what it's called. It's called like Poplapla Play Play. Poplabub. I saw Hubbard Street do it. Uh, it's a charming dance to maybe Dean Martin songs. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's what it should be called. Pizza pie. But in the dance, um, it's three solos for men. And they do a lot of dancing with their back to the audience. And they're lit predominantly in a kind of silhouetted way because they are wearing dance belts, though. I know that when the piece was created, the intention for the costuming was to have the men be naked. But I think there was some, maybe some problems with the choreography and maybe some genital pain, but I'm a little hazy on the details. But also, like, you know... Hubbard Street's not the most progressive dance company out there. So, you know, maybe that was also a part of them steering away from male frontal nudity in a piece that they probably wanted to tour domestically and maybe even internationally. Although I think male frontal nudity would be less of a problem in um, a lot of a lot of Europe. Uh, but in America, it doesn't happen all that often. When was the last time I saw male frontal nudity in a dance or a piece in New York? Gosh, I don't. Oh, I guess it was in that um, Dimitri Papayanu. Is that his name? More hard Greek names. Um, in that piece at BAM that was like um, adult circus performance, what have you. I slept through a lot of that dance. No offense, Brianna. Omara, you weren't in it. But if you had been, I would have stayed awake. Um, our friend and loved one, Brianna Omara, dances for this choreographer now is one of his muses, and I can understand why. I mean, she's everything. One of the great stars of the Pina Bausch company post-Pina's death, and now in um, a very good-looking adult circus dance. Magic trip. <gasps> magic show. It's a magic show, that's for sure. It's it's optical illusions. Um... So and I you so I saw some male frontal nudity in that. And if you're curious about that, um if you type in some of the words that I just said, you can find vidjas of his work online. 
um, male frontal nudity and all. Did we ever tell you that story when Jack was around? Oh, by the way, Jack Fervor. Jack and I were on an episode of the No Box Dance Podcast, and um, it's a good episode. And I've listened to several of their episodes, including ones with my teacher, Tommy DeFranz. And you, oh, Miguel Gutierrez has an episode. Brenda Dixon Gottschild has an episode. Um, so, wow, I don't know that Jack and I have ever been in such esteemed company in terms of being invited to be on a podcast. But please um, listen to our episode or don't listen to our episode. Uh, we talk about many things, light fare, heavy fare, um, how to succeed in dance without really trying. Um, and uh, why was I talking about Jack? Oh, I did I ever tell you that story where... We were working on um, Jack's piece called Meat in, I believe, the summer of 2009. And we performed Meat at what was the then Dixon Place, which was essentially like a living room, all painted black, with a weird assortment of furniture that anyone would kind of be wary of sitting on, upholstered furniture that many audiences had occupied, but we made a dance in that space with Liz Santoro and Jason Soma and Jack covered everything in black contractor bags, including all of the furniture. That was the summer of bed bugs for Jack. So everything needed to be covered and I do believe that was also the summer for me of um, flesh-eating spider that um, gave me quite the um, skin abrasion that continued growing and growing along my lower leg. I went to a Russian urgent care out by where I lived off the Newkirk stop on the G train. And this Russian doctor said, Jack was with me. She goes, a very bad bug. And yes, indeed, it was a very bad bug. And I took antibiotics and I did eventually get better. Um, but Jack that summer was working on a section of the dance towards the end, the finale, I believe, where he he's screaming um, Donna Summers, MacArthur Park into a microphone whilst being being swung around um by Jason Soma with his Jack was um holding on to Jason Soma's shoulders with his knees uh like um like how you some like little baskets where you'd put your sponges might hang off a bar near your sink some something like that um so Jack was hanging off Jason Soma's shoulders upside down, screaming MacArthur Park into the microphone, spinning around in circles, very long curly hair at this time, a la vintage Mark Morris. And in a rehearsal, Jack said, okay, I'm going to, I want to do that. Um, 
with my naked. I want to do that naked. And so he took all his clothes off and he did that section naked. Was he wearing a shirt? I cannot recall. But we, Liz and I observed Jack do the scene with no clothes on. And after it was over, Jack said, so how do we feel about that? And I said, well, I don't know that it adds anything. It does feel gratuitous. And then Jack, without skipping a beat, said, yeah, but do we want gratuitous? And there you have it. Gratuitous doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Gratuitousness is a 2L. And gratuity is something that is required in the United States. You must tip your servers. Um, anyways, it's been 25 minutes nearly, and I'm sure you're absolutely sick of my voice and my long pauses. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my gorgeous, gregarious, adventurous, talented friend, Cassie, who has in some ways, you know, rekindled my own love for dance by being so passionate passionate about it herself. And, you know, she instigated these group dance classes that we've done periodically over the last couple of years with her group of friends and my group of friends coming together, which has been so wonderful. And I hope those come back and continue into the future. Um, anyways, I loves you. And I hope you're having a great week. And if anybody wants to ask a question or help me with this podcast, just let me know. And... Um, Thank you, Michael Prouty, for the excellent suggestion this week, which I guess in some small way I did. Um, But moving forward, I will try to actually implement that very good suggestion, um, which will be a surprise. Uh, Okay. Love you. Bye. How would I describe Trish, Trisha Brown's choreography? Um, Trisha Brown's... What was that? Someone's screaming. Scary. <laughs> you going? Okay. How would you describe the choreography? And you might vocab, dance vocabulary. Oh, okay. So Trisha Brown's choreography is sort of like this... I mean, the word articulation comes to mind and also release comes to mind because there's a kind of like soft release through the joints but yes. it also has this kind of intense and sort of full body articulation and it, the specificity is is um, sort of off the charts in terms of like how specific a dance phrase can be and what do you lo- mean off the charts? meaning like it has a great deal more specificity through all the parts of the body than a lot of other kinds of dance yes. and It just means there's sort of a lot going on at once and the way in which the the joints move and the body parts lead from one into the next yeah so like gravity is a really huge consideration in that you know certain body parts take the impetus to lead the movement yeah and it's about kind of how do we 
mobilize our body without like over muscling things you know what is the natural kind of organic progression of the body if we if we begin by moving our right pinky up or whatever yeah. you know and I mean I, I've never seen. done a Trisha Brown dance so I don't know for sure but it looks like beautifully lazy or something yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that that kind of efficiency is the goal to to get so deeply into the the phrase work that it just that looks, even looks effortless. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and it should feel effortless once you're good at it, right? Yeah. Because it's like happening to your body rather than your body happening to it. Yeah. Um, but Shenwei, there were there were some of Shenwei's pieces that were sort of like that, where there was this, this like is the flooded. This is the person who's now in a flooded experience in Shanghai right now. Um, and that's where, you know, Shenwei and the Trisha Brown Company had this weird kind of sister relationship for a time because three of Shenwei's dancers went over to the Trisha Brown Dance Company sort of in quick succession. So I think that kind of, I mean, the Trisha Brown attitude of dance is kind of exists through many there's a trickle-down effect from the Trisha Brown yes. style through many other dance companies. Is that that car making that noise? I hope not. It sounded like a motorcycle and then it looked like a it, as, SUV. Is that an SUV? Correct. What kind of car is this? A wagon. A state, Jesse calls it. But what's the brand? Oh, we're Mercedes. <laughs> oh, it's a Mercedes. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but you, did you like this dance? I loved all of the dances. So good, right? It was like just so nice to see bodies moving and Wave Hill was actually like the best environment to experience it in, I think. I know. The way that it like framed every piece yeah. is incredible. The pond. That was so funny, that piece, no? Accumulation. So was you that Grateful uh, Dead? I don't know what the music is for accumulation, but something like that. But I'm going to send you this incredible video of Trisha Brown doing the accumulation solo. But you told me you hate watching recorded dance. That's not always true. (laughs) (laughs) I think every time I've tried to watch something. No, but this dance was made as a film. Okay. And she, so she's doing that accumulation solo, but then she's also talking about something like her day and the dance itself while she's doing it so she's kind of like trying to scramble her brain up yeah and it's so fun and funny and great and she's in her studio and it's a real slice of life so i'll send you trisha circa what year the 80s circa the 80s love the 80s um i was watching a clip today from all that jazz and i'm also going to recommend that (laughs) it it looks crazy (laughs) i really need to now watch the whole movie what's all that is all that jazz it's a bob fossey movie that he like choreographed and directed yes um what other dance have we seen together we've seen the ballet we've seen the ballet sun firebird Uh uh-huh right yeah, sure. I don't remember anything I've seen at the ballet because I've seen every one of those pieces a hundred okay, times. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> We've seen that. Mm. Look at the sky. Really beautiful. So I don't we're... know. You've heard me complain a lot about dances that I didn't understand. Oh, you... Or didn't feel like I had I feel the vocabulary like you... to talk about. You didn't love um, Goldberg variations. 
Well, I just think I, I just think that I need to be armed with more information or something. Like it's a secret, to me it feels like a secret language that I'm not a part of because I'm not in the dance world. But and you, I am picking up on it and I really want to know. You saw a bunch of Cunningham dances in France? Yeah. That and was you loved that? Yeah, of course. Was that because of like the visual experience of it? Because it's not like, you I don't know. get that like musical gratification that you get from some kind of dance. So I, a lot of people who are newcomers to watching to modern dance find that difficult. Wait, what? Cunningham. No. You love. I love. And why do you think that because it's, it's because so sculptural? You have a visual art sensibility yeah. about it, right? And of course, the costume is like you can't beat it. The Comme des Garcons costume. Ugh, the tumors. Give it to me. But you've seen other Cunningham dances besides that one, no? Yeah, no. It, I think there was like four works in that. But that's the one that stuck out to you the most. Well, scenario. Yeah. yeah, scenario, and then the one with the. Is it Rauschenberg with the spotty spot backdrop that Summer matches? Space. Yeah, that's amazing. I saw that in New York. Well, they certainly did nail it with visual artists at Cunningham, that's for yeah. sure. And I mean that... Sure. Also, I watched on, on Vimeo or something, the one with the chair, when he strapped the chair to his back. Uh-huh. I mean, they're so Antigone. amazing. Oh, yeah. it's like, it's... Have you seen... Um, have you seen a Trisha Brown dance before today? Yeah, I just don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, well, you saw a great sample sampling. Yeah, of no, the Trisha it was Brown. incredible. Yeah. I have a question. So the three um, squares for the first work, which I don't remember what it was called, would that have been taped out? on a stage? You know, I've never seen that piece, so I don't know if it's like a performed stage work, but Trisha has this whole catalog of dances that are like for non-traditional spaces. Like that leaning duet dance, and she has one about rooftops, and then there's a dance called Spanish Dance that they sometimes do on stage, but it can kind of be done anywhere. Okay. And she has dances that happen on walls and dances that happen. So do any ballets do her dances? There's, um, she made a dance, a trio, for the Paris Opera Ballet several years ago. Um, so there's that dance. And but it's only for the Paris Opera Ballet? It would never come to New York? or wouldn't. Well, it came to New York because they performed did? it on a Trisha Brown season at BAM many years ago. And I missed it because I don't know anything. But I don't think, I don't know that other companies license that work, though they should. Is and BAM open this year? I think so. Probably starting in the fall, though. Oh, I know. BAM is opening the the Fisher space first, which is the, yeah, the yeah, black yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they're slowly going to move their way into the bigger spaces. Got it. Because they have, like, more control in that space of, you know, crowd yeah. control. Um, and then Trisha Brown's work uh, is... One of her pieces is danced by the Steve Petronio Company. They do a beautiful dance called Glacial Decoy that you would be obsessed with because it has these Rauschenberg costumes and sets Amazing. that are... When oh, do we get to see that? Heaven. I don't know. Look at the sky. Keep your fingers crossed that that dance comes back. And then Kyle Abraham's company in their latest season at the Joyce did um, Opaluth, which we just saw. Or no, sorry. Solo Olos. Wow. How does it work when they... Who gets paid? 
Anybody? Uh, yeah, the Trisha Brown Trust will get a big... How much does it cost? I have no idea. I don't... What do you think? <laughs> um, to license a work like that? 20000 Somewhere like that or more. Really? I'd imagine. Well, I should hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I should hope so too. And it's but... kind of a, you know, then you also have to like pay a person to come from the organization to stage the work and you have to license yes, the costumes and, you know, whatever music fees there are, etc. So, I mean, Solo Olos is, is, doesn't have music licensing fees because it's, it's just spoke, you know, there's just a caller who talks into the microphone. Yeah. But did you, how did you feel about like being, having the work explained to you? I before? didn't like that. I didn't need I that either, annoying. but I love Cecily and she did a good job, but I also didn't need them to explain it. No. Yeah. I thought it was like, but I guess it was maybe the setting and it felt like it needed to not be alienating to all the old people. <laughs> <laughs> it really was one of the oldest, whitest <laughs> yeah. events. Uh, I haven't seen that many old white people in a long time because I've been to the ballet in a while. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. I felt like I could have done without that, although as a newcomer without, you know, desperate for vocabulary, I guess, I guess I liked it, but I'm so like contrarian that I just wanted to not be told what was happening or something or like, right. wanted to pretend like I knew what I was. I always feel that way when people explain the thing. I'm like, please don't explain this to me. And I mean, like sometimes at a talk back. It's like if someone asks the question, I'll feel yes. more open to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, don't assume that I'm not up for a little mystery, or just like get it, like understanding it out. the phrases and figuring. Do you it think out. you would have figured it out? No. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I knew what they were doing, I figured it out. <laughs> but by the end of it, when she started whoa, to have whoa, them whoa. like reverse in quick succession to try yeah. to get them back in sync, yeah. You would have figured that out. I would have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question. When she's literally... driving, did they know what... She was just the caller and she just called. Like, when she was referencing it to a video game and the layers and the whatever. Is it always, like, the caller is the puppeteer? Yes. And it's not a specific call and a sequence no, of No, no, no. The, the caller kind of watches it unfold and plays the game by like and are they playing the game to make it easier for the dancers and to like no create the i think it just like opens up space for the dance to be totally different every time yeah and for it to be also like I mean, I a more amazing a more authentic experience for the dancers so there's something like physically and is mentally that sort that of happens. poking fun of being a choreographer then is she like making fun of herself no, because she generated the whole concept for the game. It's brilliant. No, I no. know. But the idea of someone calling out and people sort of reacting on call, right? Time. Is that not like a critique of the choreographer and no. the act and power of a choreographer? No, no, no. I just think it's like, it's just an expansion on, on what are the possibilities of being yeah. a choreographer. Because it's not just like... I'm going to make steps and then compose them into this finished and finite thing. It's like, I am now going to transcend that construct, which is yes. very like normal. And I'm going to make some steps, but then I'm going to just have those steps be available to a concept. Yeah. But there's still one entity making the decision. Like everyone has the, the playbook and mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. what play it should be at a certain call or whatever I'm trying to say. Right, but, but there's it, still, it's not like the dancers have these six phrases and you can do whatever you want and however no, you feel. No, no. But so there's still someone dictating it. Yeah, the caller. The caller. 
I it, think but it's, it's a like choreography. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like square dance. You know, when people go to a square dance and yeah, there's a collar and they're like, do this and now do that and now do this. But it's still someone dictating, which is there's something in that, okay. I think. All right. I it's, think. Oh, it's a commentary. I on, think. With commentary, my... commentary on authority, says Cassie Griffin. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so they did solo Olos, which literally made me cry. I did too. Oh. The body's moving. Wow. Also, Wave Hill's so beautiful. And if, if you feel like. There weren't even bugs. Getting on a train and getting on a bus and then taking a walk, you can go to Wave Hill. Or if you're lucky enough to be friends with Cassie, she'll pick you. She'll call you half an hour before, pick you up in a car, with and seltzer. drive you up there with Seltzer. And I got to sleep in the car. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Your head was really. Every turn, it was like. I was shocked that you fell asleep through it. it really? Was like this, Oh, wow. It was like intense turbulence and you still slept through it. Well, yesterday I went and got a haircut and I... I did notice that. I fell fast asleep. Was that the first time that you didn't cut your own hair? No, I've gotten a few since I stopped doing that. I I fell so asleep during it. I just would occasionally feel her try to like pick my head back up. That's insane. Why (laughs) do you have that? It's one of my gifts. Except I haven't been (laughs) sleeping in the night. Lately, which is a well, problem. you should probably not try to fall asleep by accident in the day. <laughs> try so to fall asleep sleep. by accident. <laughs> <laughs> you did try to fall asleep by accident. I asked your permission if I could sleep in yeah. the car. I always I feel said, so okay, rude grandma. to sleep when I'm in the front seat. That's why. I and you actually slept with my grandmother like this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like an exorcism in my neck. Um, I love sleeping in cars. It's one of my passions. My mom used to not wake me up when we got home. She'd carry you in. No. She would leave me in the fucking car. Oh, my. And then I'd wake up, and I was, like, six, and I'd be like, what a bitch. Like, could you wake me up when we get home, please? Well, your mom's not well. When you... <laughs> We're not talking about okay. this on the podcast. Well, she's a listener. She writes in all the time. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> find everyone's details and reach out oh my god that would be incredible <laughs> so I, want, I want more moms to listen to this pod I'm sure there are loads of moms now that quarantine happened and everyone's having a fucking kid someone's mom someone's mom listens to this pod but I now your mom I do think she sometimes puts it on but I, I don't know that she even knows what the word podcast yeah, is. Yeah, I was actually just imagining her, like, going to the little purple icon she and, doesn't like, have subscribing. That. No, no, no. She just actually got... Someone um, bought her an iPhone. And so she's not yet used it because she's like, I need to go to the store and have them transfer my information from my flip phone <laughs> to my iPhone. I was like, like That's I don't not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... I mean, in theory... Can they do that? I don't know. I feel like See, you'd, I you'd actually be better off just going through and writing it all down on a notebook. Well, remember when you used to get a new phone and you used to have to retype all the Every phone numbers phone, into oh it? God. It was like a nightmare. And like A-A-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B. Yeah. But it did sort of make you take stock of like, who do I know? Who do I know? And now there's just so many phone numbers in there. Do you see that on the roof? Oh my God. I think it's a... What? I've never... Looks like a helicopter but I honestly don't know it does look a little like a telescope a little like a rocket launcher and a little like a like helicopter a... Wow. weird maybe it's a high powered gun stop it 
Maybe it's, uh... Wait, when do I... Isn't it almost time for me to get out of this car? Uh, you're on 24th. Oh, yeah, get in there. How soon do you want to... I'll drive you all the way home. Oh, really? You'll turn? Yeah, I'll turn. Oh, my God. Oh. It's really nice. What are you going to eat for dinner? Uh, I had... I bought us a bag of chips to eat on the way up, and I accidentally ate the whole thing in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I folded it up. I folded it up really small and put to it right in the it. door right here to hide it, because I was like... What kind of chips were they? I'll show you. Oh. Howls, I think. Yeah. Salt and pepper. You know, today I, really I was at the CV, I did CVS lunch and I bought a bag of Takis. Oh, they're disgusting. They burn your tongue. It was, I've never had Ugh. them. They you don't were, have taste buds anymore. They were like Sour Patch Kids oh, my slash God, my mouth Doritos. Is Mine too. Oh. But they were so bad. And they're red and your fingers get so red. And... Literally my mouth's watering Ugh. as well and they were awful. I really didn't like that. Oh, I saw another outdoor But if dance. you eat the whole bag, your tongue, you do not have taste buds anymore because they're so salty. I didn't. I okay. barely got through like a oh, third of the bag. Oh, that's good for you. Clearly I have a bag problem. Okay, so you saw another outdoor I dance. I saw that outdoor oh, dance last I weekend, think... which was Ellen Cornfield, right? I saw and I Mac to was in it. What? Oh, oh you went to Catspot and you saw Graham. Yeah. And did you love that outdoor dance experience? They have ticks there, though. They do have ticks. Um, it was in the, the stage... How do I feel about it? It was beautiful. Did you I guess I didn't really spray? like the dance. I didn't, um, I had wine. Which is bug spray, <laughs> in a way. Um, but at the Ellen Cornfield show, you like the story. They did this very, like, physical dance in the street, and it was, like, nice to just see, like, bodies doing, like, big lunges and stuff. You know, like, sometimes it's nice to see yes, a yes, thigh yes, yes. activate. Yeah. Um, Athleticism. Yeah, I haven't seen a dance in a long time, so I was kind of like, okay, even though it's 5,000 degrees and I'm sitting on a dumpster and, like, these costumes sort of make me Gag. sick. <laughs> talkies? They're kind of, like, the same response to talkies? No, I mean, I don't want to be mean, but they were, it's not my, they're not my thing. Okay. Um, but the dancers were great, and Mac and Eve and other many people we love dancing, dancing up a storm. But at the end of the show, Ellen came out and she was like, okay, so if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to ask. And this woman who was sitting on the curb, young woman, raises her hand and she, rather than just sort of like answer, like ask the question from where she was, she stood up. She took the microphone from Ellen and she goes, hello, I just wanted to say thank you. And as she's turning to face the audience, she's no longer even addressing Ellen. Thank you for doing this. It's such a pleasure to see live dance back in our community. I am an actress and an artist. And I just wanted to oh say God. how beautiful it is to see art in the streets. So it's not so much a question as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and she was like, and my name is at Carly <laughs> Steffens. Exactly. Please look up Carly Check Steffens. my reel. It was iconic. I was like, that was an incredible performance you just gave. <laughs> What did what's her face? Ellen say? was very gracious. I'm sure she just took the microphone back and was like, "Thank you." <laughs> um, have you ever asked a question at a talkback? No, not myself. I once asked a question at a talkback, sort of like because the ex-boyfriend of mine was dancing and it was like a showing, <laughs> and I was like wanted to be smart or something, and I, I'm really embarrassed that I did it. What did you say? Oh God, is like this a critique on choreography? It was horrible. Like I said something like actually, like not kind. That doesn't sound like you at all, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, I thought it was constructive what I was saying. But I, in hindsight, I should have said nothing at all. Because as my grandma always said, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say it. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, so is that all the dance I've seen? I'm going to watch this Pacific Northwest Ballet program right tonight that's available that um, we designed some costumes for. For new Pacific Christopher Wheeldon Ballet. Yeah, Pacific Northwest Ballet. Um, maybe I'll try to send you the link if I'm allowed to send that for free. And I'm going to sign up for Criterion. Oh, no, you're going to give me your yep. thing. Okay. Well, don't tell anyone. <laughs> if anyone is listening from Criterion, so sorry. <laughs> We're going to rob you all $14 a month or whatever it is. $100 a year. Oh. oh that's less than $10 a month. That's good. Yeah. That's great, actually. Because I'd much rather give it to you. Even just like Hulu is like fourteen dollars. Fourteen, I know it's yeah. So and there's only like so two, two shows I, I like watch on Hulu. So well, they have Pen Fifteen, oh, which is just love. so. Good. I know it's almost like worth just paying it. Oh, all year. actually, thank you for reminding me. I could rewatch it for the third time. Yeah. Have you been watching um, Hacks? No. You're gonna. It's on HBO Max. It's very good. Oh, I passed Houston. Should I turn on? Can I get over? Don't, don't kill us. Yeah, you can you can go uh, down, go over and then back up, or you can just drop me off and I'll walk. No, it's fine. Uh, for anyone who's interested, we've been driving south on the West Side Highway, and it was such a zoom. It took us zoom. an hour and a half to get there. An hour and a half to get there, and literally, whatever amount. Let's see how long have we been talking. Twenty-two minutes to get back. Wow. Anything about New York? What else has happened that I can tell our beautiful listeners about? Um, I did write something on a slip of paper today, but I do think it was just about that iconic woman in the talkback. <laughs> I watched that Bo Burnham thing on Netflix. He's that tall, male, white comedian who is like makes up kind of cornball songs. But he's very sort of virtuosic in his skills as a performer and a maker and he made up this performance from from home during the pandemic, and I think it's called I'm Inside. And I was impressed with, like, the skill behind the craft of it. The skill behind the craft. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, the it I, you know, I grew weary of the songs themselves, and the whole thing is just song after song after song. The song I loved the most was just called Jeff Bezos, and he's going like... Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos. And he just says Jeff Bezos over and over again. And then the middle of the song, he goes, you did it. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, I don't know if I would like it. It's challenging. What's it on? Hulu? It's on Netflix. Oh. But if you love like an extremely tall kind of like lanky man, you'll, you'll be into him. Well, Jesse's pretty tall and yeah. pretty lanky. He's so hot. Yeah, your husband is pretty hot. Congratulations on having a hot husband. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you did it! <laughs> um, have you been having any time to work on your own art? Or has it just been business, business, business over at Walter? Business, business, business. I'm sorry to hear well, that. It's okay. And it, wait, all change. will you tell me again who the Orange collaboration is through? Um... Moda Operandi. Moda Operandi. And so they sell it through their website? Yeah. Are you also allowed to sell it through your website? Well, I could have been a bit pushier and 
asked for that, but to be honest, they're so hard to make that I don't even care. So do they take a cut? Is it more expensive than your usual Walters? It's more expensive and it's 60-40 and I get 60, so it's fine. Oh, it's fine? Yeah, because I made it like, I think it's... But do you make less on it than on your normal Walters? Yeah, I do. That's I don't not know. great. I'm not good at business. I'm not a Anyways, business Anyways, they are absolutely gorgeous. They are absolutely These gorgeous. orange on orange. But I'm going to start doing like limited runs, like lime green, like 20 Ooh. lime greens, <gasps> 20... Can I turn here? Yeah. 20 lime greens, 20 navy blue, like all different solid, brilliant colors. Wow. Which I love that. Everyone's just going to lap right up. Maybe Hopefully. we'll do um, we'll do a costume Chiffon design one? for someone based on Walter water <laughs> you filters. Do a koozie. What's a koozie? You know, like a beer koozie. The things that like <laughs> keep them. Gold. I always thought those were called could... cozies. Oh, but maybe they're that koozies. That might be sort of um, regional. Yeah, I've never had a beer cozy, <laughs> so I don't know about it. But I've definitely seen them. Should I just go straight and just risk getting pulled over like this? I want to do it. Whoa! Oh my god. Okay. Well. You did it. You nailed it. Um, um. Yeah, you can make an outfit for Walt, like the tea, you know, the funny tea Walter things Walter Cozy. Yeah, Cozy. Exactly. That would be amazing Cozy. if the entire Walter. <laughs> maybe no one calls it Cozy. Well, they are called tea cozies, cozies. but maybe they are called beer cozies. What sounds... does Cozy even mean? I mean. Cozy Cozy. Cozy, at least, you feel like, oh, the teapot's cozy. Right. Well, I don't think that people want their beers to be cozy. <laughs> they definitely don't. They want them to be cozy. They should call them beer coolers or beer cold no coldies. That would be good. But coldies is the name of a Where medicine. Where am I going? Did I not? I'm going. Oh. Now I'm going. Interesting. Well, that's fine. You can just pu pull over here and let me out. And is this far away from your house? Not at all. It's right there. Yeah, yeah just two blocks that way. Ah, we're at the Manhattan Mini Storage on um, Varick, which you all know and love. Anyways, Cassie, I love you. Thank love you for you. bringing me to the show. Don't say goodbye. sound stupid. This is exactly how you're going to sound. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just said is it. This is it. No. There's no editing? I don't know. Shh. Okay, bye. I don't want to do this. <laughs>